Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. Most of us are well aware that our beautiful planet is being damaged, sadly, through our own interference with its fragile ecosystem. Ice caps are melting and seas are slowly rising. Keith is nodding his head, I don't know why. As gardeners, we can do our bit to alleviate some of that damage by making small decisions in our own gardens, which collectively are the biggest nature reserves in the world, covering a bigger landmass than all of our nature reserves put together. Now on today's podcast, Keith and I are going to discuss exactly what we can do to help save the planet one backyard at a time. Keith, over thousands of years we've developed a desire to tame nature, to grow perfect plants and to maintain neat and tidy gardens. This, I believe, has sadly been to the detriment of our native wildlife and flora. How do you think we begin to remedy that subtle balance of nature? Mm, Very simply. It's safe and it's achievable and it's a task that nearly everyone can do. If you've got room for a garden, or better still, a veggie garden, you can become a CO2 environmental champion. Well, it's, it's sad to see new houses now being built with decks for lawns, no trees, and perhaps the tiniest patch of green, even if that. And that's no use to our wildlife at all, is it? No, it's not. Absolutely. So, what are we going to do to solve the problem? What's the first thing we can do in all of our gardens to help okay. save our planet, Keith? The first thing we can do is sequester carbon by putting it, taking it out of the environment and sticking it in, into the soil. All right, so Australian soils have on, have on an average less than 1% organic matter. So by increasing the amount of organic material going into your soil from things like blood and bone compost, poultry manures, mushroom compost, you are carbon sequestering. Mm-hmm. Soil carbon is created by bugs and by microbes living and dying in the soil. My vegetable beds continually having compost and other organic matter added to the soil at least four times a year between crop rotations and even during the growing season. Okay, so then let's talk about those. Let's go straight into it. What do we do? What are we adding to the soil? What sort of stuff? When you say compost, are you building your own compost at home? Are we buying compost? What are we doing? What's the okay. best thing to do? Um, well, I don't, I don't buy, I don't, well, I've got a compost bin mm. um, and I think I've emptied it maybe once in 10 years. Oh, what? Yeah, that's so you don't it. Use your once own? In, no, I don't. I, I put organic you add matter. add to it. I add to it all yep, the time. Yep. Um, but I've got a worm farm and I use the worm farm more for, for food scraps and things like that. Mm. You, you could not produce enough compost from a compost bin to grow good vegetables in mm. because you can't produce enough of it. So you've got to then look at other ways of getting hold of good compost yeah. um, and... Believe me, I've used some lots and lots of companies' vegetable compost, and it's, a lot of it's been absolute rubbish. Yes. Okay. Um, even to the fact that Modbox, who who produce a quality product, um, they've been caught um, because of the material that's gone into their beds have been rubbish. Okay, that's interesting because I actually was talking to someone the other day who's actually got some material from some compost from a company who that their company stated that they were getting the compost from the councils yeah I, I don't know which council but and there was a lot of plastic in that compost yeah. so that meant that the people who are actually 
using these kitchen caddies are putting plastic into yeah. those kitchen caddies. Yeah. Like, what, why? What are they doing? I don't know. No. Anyway, I don't know why anyway, they do so it. That's I mean, just moving on. But that I, was don't just... Have a, I don't have a bin that, that, that goes out in the street that's picked up by the council that becomes everyone else's problem. Mm. Um, you know, as I said, I, I compost what I, what I have. I mulch what I have. And then I will also um, go to the worm farm and, and use it. Okay. In that way. So you okay? So you're just on the the fact that you're buying compost, where we better actually say where you're buying that compost okay, from. Okay. So, so a good company. I buy I buy compost from a, um, a person that I know, I trust. I've seen his process. I've seen what he puts in. I've seen what what we get out of it because it is the only thing that I actually use now, and that is from Clyde Composts. Yes. Um, his his compost material is absolutely sensational. It has a pH of 7 and it is literally brilliant, absolutely yes, brilliant. I can attest to that. All right, so we've, add, we've added our compost to the soil. What else are we doing to our soil to, you know, obviously that's the, the first most important thing in this con- um, in this podcast is to talk about the soil and what we can do to that to yeah. make it perfect so the plants are good. Okay, so the other things that, that I, I add um, are things like um, biochar, which you only ever have to add once because mm-hmm. it'll last a thousand years. But it, biochar is is a is a carbonised product um, that holds holds moisture. It holds nutrients, so they're not being wasted through the through you know washed out through the soil. They're all being locked in there. Um, and biochar will increase the soil's capacity to hold moisture by over thirty percent. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I use is is um, monash rock dust. Um, and what does that do again? Tell and me that's that. adding adding to the soil that, that our soils have never seen since the day they were created, mm-hmm. um, up to a hundred trace elements and minerals. Um, you know, which is a hundred of these. You know, going into the soil, which is going into the plant, which is going into you. So you're consuming all these things. Okay. Um, so you know, our, our soil's in good shape. So we've got our soil in good shape. Yep. What about planting things? What about planting some trees? Yeah, well, trees more, and things were, are all good. And the more things in the garden, the more more plants in the garden. Yeah, um, providing providing you're putting in the, the the right and the smart sorts of plants. Yes, right. and if we're going to put, talk about trees that are beneficial to a garden, then the last plant, last tree that I'd put into a garden would be a eucalyptus or a gum tree. Why Never is that? put one of those in my garden ever. Why not? Well, because. Um, gum trees are predatory plants. That is, that they like to own and uh, own the environment they live in. Okay. So therefore, if you were to stand under underneath a, a gum tree on a day that it's forty degrees outside, at the bottom of that gum tree, it's forty degrees because okay. the leaves all hang vertically. So they okay. allow the sunlight to come uh, down, dragging it down, and that that kills anything that might be growing on the ground. So there's there's no there's no moisture, nothing. Okay. So gum trees are the, one of the worst things you can have in, have in, a, in, a, in a normal backyard for the benefit of the soil and, 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 the, and the gardens around it. Okay. Leave them out in the bush. Well, tell us some good ones to plant. Well, Please. things like oak trees that you know that if you if you st- if you put an oak tree in the same spot that you put a gum tree, it would be ten to fifteen degrees cooler yeah. underneath that tree. It's creating the, shade in, and in cool. the in the middle of summer. Yeah, yep. So it's got a cooling effect, and then yes. you can have a layering effect underneath that again. Yes. You can have micro environments happening. You can have, you know, other plants that are growing in underneath that because that tree is keeping a symbiotic relationship happening with it. Okay. They love each other. Okay. So talking about bringing the temperature down, it's also a good idea to choose hedges or vertical gardens. Absolutely. Green um, green, green hedges are, are a wonderful natural fence. Mm-hmm. 
And they have a bit of a sound absorbing quality to them too, don't you think? They do, and, and dust. Block out the neighbours, make ideal dust. nesting for sites for birds. Yep. So that's that's a good idea. So let's can we well all right where we go next? Because I was going to move on to our precious wildlife, who I think we need as much as they need us, like the pollinators, the bees. I mean, they have an incredibly beneficial effect to our, in our gardens. They do absolutely. I I agree with that one hundred percent. Good. And you've got to you've got to bring those into the garden. You know, you and the only way you're going to bring them in is by having something that attracts them. So that's right. So like we, we've we've spoken about before, we've got to have flowers in the that's garden. That's right. And you know, and and the best flowers you can put in a garden are going to be things like perennials that have flowered for a long, long time. Okay, so we need those pollinators because they're responsible for one out of three bites of food we eat each, each day. So exactly. we kind of need those flowers to get those bees in, don't we? Yep. And there are and there are many, many ways that we can get those bees into the garden with all those flowers that you mentioned. They're they're beneficial. Also, not just the bees, but there are obviously a wide range of insects that are beneficial to our flowers and to the gardens in general. And so we need to invite them in and we need to um, provide water for them, etc., to keep mm-hmm. them in the gardens. Now, I, something that I know that you're very passionate about is your vegetable and fruit, or oh, is vegetable and fruit growing. Having our own vegetable, pa- vegetable patch has multiple benefits for the environment and for us, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Tell me about that. Fresh food production. Okay. It, it's, it's not just fresh food production. You know, there's lots of other benefits from having um, a, a beautifully well-composted vegetable bed. Um, and I'm going I'm to just mention Dr. Christine Jones, who was an agronomist, and she estimates that for every 1% increase of organic matter that we put into our soils, we are conserving 14.4% um, of litres of water per square metre. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's just another benefit of having, having all that into the soil mm-hmm. is, is moisture, you know, re- yes. retaining moisture yes. rather than losing it. And not know? using water, exactly. Exactly. And, and so how do we do that? By putting lots of compost into our into our and vegetable and mulching gear. on top, exactly mulch, and that's you know, All right. so many different types of mulch. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what are you going to say, Keith? Um, lawns are great, and I've got. I've just said I've got my my raised vegetable beds in lawns because lawns have a wonderful cooling effect. Yeah, they draw down CO two. Yeah, and they protect the the soil's flora and fauna. Um, growing your own fruit and vegetables organically is also so incredibly beneficial As to the environment. That's what I was saying yep. to you before. It is, isn't yep, it? Absolutely. Imagine all the fruit and vegetables from our greengrocers and supermarkets and how they are grown. That's right. Exactly. The soils are all heavily tilled. This destroys the soil biota, the flora and the fauna. The tractors use fossil fuels, diesel and petrol and all that sort of stuff. The trucks... They use diesel and they've got pumping out all sorts of hideous stuff into the environment. So if and that's just the that's just the trucks and the tractors. I what know. about the stuff that the vegetables are grown in? That's right, exactly. These are all these fertilizers derived from fossil fuels. That's right. So eating from your veggie garden is a win-win because the Absolutely. most sustainable foods travel zero miles to your mouth. That's exactly Aren't right. They? But the other, some of the other negative things from in the market gardens is that the, the fields of the, of the vegetables that, the, the, that they're being grown in themselves had trees removed by the farmers. This reduces rainfall, increases soil temperatures mm. uh, and removes CO2 from the soil. 
So growing as much as you can is so much better for the environment. That's right, and for you and for your stomach. Absolutely. That's right. So if we go back to my raised beds. Yeah, okay. That's... They're all made from FFC-approved sustainable wood, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're full of carbon. There's okay. No, there's, no, there's no plastic. There's no steel in my beds. Um, you know, so they're all beautifully environmentally friendly. That's fantastic. Now, companion planting is something I wanted to touch on too because that's a, a really effective way of reducing chemical sprays in the vegetable garden. Yes. Planting correct varieties of plants together is the best organic way to repel pests. Give me an example. Uh, we, Tomatoes with? Uh, what's the names? Marigolds. Marigolds. Thank you very much. He puts me on the spot. On the spot. And I hate that when he does that. And maintaining plant health with correct planting and feeding them and watering them will all reduce the requirement for chemical intervention. Yeah. Now, but then there are also quite a, a wide variety of home remedies that can be used as an alternative to chemical sprays as well, aren't there? Can Absolutely. you think of a few, Keith, on the spot? On the spot, there's um, lots and lots of things you can actually use. You can use things that have got vinegar in them, detergents. Mm. You mm. can use um, things that have got baking powder in it and all sorts. So there's lots and lots of different ones. That, Cow's um, milk. Well, yeah, cow's milk, that's cow's great milk. for powdery mildew. That's right. But you've got to use the full cream version and you've got to use it on a day that has sun. lots of sun. A full because, day of sun. Because that, that um, creates a, a mild antibiotic or an antiseptic more than anything else. And on top of that, we can always use our hands or a hose to remove bugs from plants and to remove weeds rather than using any spray at all. Yeah, that's for sure. And we've touched on mulching, but that you know that just has multiple benefits because it conserves water, suppresses weed growth, adds nutrients to the soil as well. It's all going into your backyard. That's all carbon. Every one of those, every one of those things is carbon, yes. and you're putting it into your backyard. Yes. Um, look, you know, there's there's lots of ways that you can do you can do good for the environment, and um, you know one of the one of the things that that. That, or some of the things that I've done is um, I've stopped using petrol machines. You know, yes. So I don't have a petrol mower, I don't have a petrol brush cutter, I don't have a petrol blower, I don't have a petrol hedge trimmer. I've used, I've gone out and I've saved up and I bought all battery operated ones that you know that I can recharge and and there's very very little, little a limited uh, amount of pollution that goes into all those sorts of things. So well, that's the way. It's a sensible way to go. Obviously. It is, you know, it's creating it's, a smaller carbon footprint is probably the best thing you can do. You yes, know? yes. Now, also, I have to admit that I enjoy having a relatively neat garden, but I know that by not being too neat. I could create a sanctuary. So every pile of rotting wood or leaves and every corner not cleared of weeds will provide a safe haven for a creature who needs a home. needs a home. Well, everything that we've talked about is easy to do and so important for the health of our planet. If we could all follow these practices and teach them to the next generation, we may have a fighting chance, I believe. We certainly will. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.